Hi, my name's Alyssa. And my name's Melissa. Welcome back to the Deliverability Defined Podcast. Each week, we'll be diving deep into a topic and giving you practical advice to improve your email deliverability. In other words, we'll help you reach the inbox of your subscribers and stay out of their spam folders, leading to more success in your email marketing. Deliverability can be complex, but we're here to define it. Hello, Melissa. How are you doing today? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, today's one of those days. uh, Well, it's funny because first of all, I'm good. Thank you for asking. Second of all, um, it was weird because it got really dark here and I was like kind of looking out the window like, oh, what's going on outside? And then you said the same thing. And we are all the way across from the country. From yeah, each it's other. weird that it's dark for you because for yeah. me, it's like 430 and it's pitch blackout, which I hate. But for you, it's like 230. So well, and also it's usually dark here all day because of the rain. But mm-hmm. today, actually, the sun did come out a little bit. Um, And there was blue sky. And so it's weird because the clouds just this is what happens a lot of times, like the clouds will come in and it'll be like, you know, we get it feels like it gets dark at 330. I think it gets dark at like 4 or 15. Yeah. But the clouds come in and then it gets dark and it just feels like the whole day is nighttime. It's so weird. So weird. Other than that, I'm. I'm good. Good. Um, I'll go ahead and warn listeners that this is our second podcast episode of the day. We did a two a day today. So uh, hopefully we're not too slap happy and goofy and might have trouble finding some words. I'm so sorry. But I think this will be a fun one. Um, We're going to talk about something we've developed. I feel like a scientist. Um, (laughs) And it's an audience building flywheel. Are we ready to jump into it? I think so. I think we need to now before we lose yeah. momentum. <laughs> so what, like a flywheel, which we'll talk yeah. about. Wow. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So let's start it off. Um, so at ConvertKit, we like to talk about the way our different efforts are propelling our mission forward in terms of a flywheel analogy. And we didn't come up with this. Uh, so you might be familiar with it. From my research, it looks like the flywheel concept was developed in the book Good to Great by Jim Collins. And if you aren't familiar with the concept, here's how he describes it. Um, He says, no matter how dramatic the end result, good to great transformations never happen in one fell swoop. In building a great company or social sector enterprise, there is no single defining action, no grand program, no one killer innovation, no solitary lucky break, no miracle moment. Rather, the process resembles relentlessly pushing a giant heavy flywheel turn upon turn, building momentum until a point of breakthrough and beyond. So really is such a good explanation. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And it makes you think about all the hard work that's Mm -hmm. needed to get to where you want to go. And I think sometimes we want that, you know, lucky break he's talking about. Um, I have an example of this in my life we might have talked about. I think creators especially can feel this way. I know my husband has a client. I'll never listen to this and I'm not going to say his name. Um, he's a musician. And every time it's time to like record a new album, he wants something to happen to give him that big break. Just like one thing. He's like, well, what if we get this guy to mix it? He makes this album that won a Grammy, you know, things like that. When it's like mm-hmm. just hiring that one really great mix engineer isn't going to make you win a Grammy. There's a million little things that have to mm-hmm. happen and have to happen consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can relate to any business, any endeavor, really. I also think about like healthy lifestyle, like dieting. Yeah. You know, people oh gosh, say all the so time, true. like, 
you have to build tiny habits every single day that add up into this grand lifestyle that it all kind of revolves around, yeah, like how you feel, how you look. And it's, it doesn't mean one thing equals how you look. It's like all these things and they actually impact your mood and your happiness and your, you know, your, your habits, everything. And so it's just, yeah. it's, it's almost like living it. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a great example. And something I really like about the flywheel is that in that analogy, um, it starts really slow at mm-hmm. the beginning. And I think that's true with what you're talking about health stuff, but also business, um, yeah. building an audience, what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. It starts so slow that it can be very painful. Mm-hmm. Um, so think about pushing that heavy flywheel up a hill. Um, you're not going to see much movement at first. It's going to take time. Right. But the longer you do it and the more consistent you are, the more the wheel is going to keep turning and get lighter and easier. And then yep. you're going to see tons of growth. Um, but most people, I think, who start pushing the flywheel give up once they see how slowly it's going. Okay. So that's kind of an explanation of what mm. we're talking about. When we're talking about a flywheel. And as a creator, you might want to sit down and consider your own flywheel. What are all of those little things you're going to do consistently to push your business forward that you have to keep at it? And even when it feels slow, keep going. But that if you do that over a long enough time, you would expect your business to propel forward. So we created what's called an audience building flywheel. Before we get into that, Melissa, tell us your example. I just want to hear it. Okay. Well, I... (laughs) It's such a weird, I think Instagram and social media in general, like I think this is kind of a good segue into it. We hear creators all the time say, I I despise Instagram. I I despise posting to Facebook. Like they all, everyone has their own thing that they either they're okay with, they like, or they despise. And I always just, I loved Instagram's ability to share. Like, I feel like the people that I follow who have really good photography, like you feel like you're almost transported into someone else's like window of like mm-hmm. their their view. And I always really liked that. And I wanted to do something like that when I traveled. And I just didn't have that like slow patience for the that movement. So when I tried my own thing, my own Instagram, I did it with a friend. We did it for about a year and a half. And it just felt so, yeah, it was, it was decent, but it felt like, it almost felt like a moving target is how I describe it and why I feel like I understand creators that are just starting so much because I at least have had that first step of like, you know, understanding that that pain point, but it feels like a moving target because you desperately want to create content and you know, in your head, kind of what you are passionate about, but you're also trying to figure out what people want. And it's such a weird like balance you have to strike between the two without also giving up. So, and the the people that I think are really successful who I like to follow, um, it's so interesting to go back years and see how consistent they've been. I, in fact, before I even like realized we were recording this podcast today, I did that this morning. There was someone that I've really liked following and I went back just to see how many years ago it was that she started posting what she posts now. And it's been like three or four years and she still doesn't have the numbers of like people who are posting like less quality content, which I thought was really interesting. Like it is kind of one of those things where it's not really like a big break. Like, and I also think sometimes people just get lucky, but the luck isn't necessarily this one thing. It's like maybe that person who has, you know, 5 million followers 
was doing XYZ for three years longer than she was. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though I think her content is better quality than a lot of people. But does that make sense what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's so interesting to, to look at like what consistency means to people and like to go back and especially on Instagram, because you can see all of it. Like you can go back and see how consistent people have been. I actually think that's also interesting for like new brands and seeing how much like marketing and what they're paying for sponsored ads, because you can go to their page and they have 25,000 followers and they have like 15 photos. Yeah. And it's they started like three months ago. So anyways, it is super interesting to me to talk about this because I think there's a lot of ways to do it, yet it's the consistency that's all the same. Yeah. And it's so hard to stay consistent when you're putting yourself out there so much and you're just not seeing that momentum. But I think this is hopefully a great episode to help you be encouraged to keep going because we're going to talk about how that flywheel will propel you forward. It starts slow, Mm -hmm. but you have to start slow in order to get to the momentum you want to see. So um, that was a great segue into what we're going to talk about with social media and email. And on this podcast, we like to talk about the relationship between social media and email a lot. Mm -hmm. And they can often be pitted against each other. You know, we do that a lot of like, well, social media does this, but email is way better because it does this. But for the biggest success, really, they have to be used together Mm -hmm. to build momentum. So we built out an audience building flywheel. If you want to see the flywheel, you can go to our blog post that corresponds with um, this episode. You can always find those at convertkit.com slash blog or convertkit.com slash deliverability. Uh, You can also go to the deliverability defined Instagram and we'll be sure to post it there. But we're going to talk through it since we're on a podcast. And really, before we jump into that, two things to keep in mind is that social media is a really great discovery tool, but email is a really great connection tool. So with social media, that is a really great tool to be found, to Mm -hmm. be seen, especially like TikTok these days is Mm -hmm. insane. Someone will go from having no following to having a million views because of one viral video. I don't like, even know. Email can't go viral. I, <laughs> that blows my mind. I feel like I'm getting older and I like don't even know what's like cool anymore. I know. It's hard to keep up these days. Um, but that is something that is really important with social media. If you're trying to find an audience or mm-hmm. build an audience, you have to have some sort of platform that mm-hmm. gives you that discoverability and has that element of potentially going viral, even if that's on a small scale. So right. Um, I know with Instagram, they're really trying to do that with Reels right now, um, but there's always like the Explore page and um, people can share your posts. So that's really what social media is great for, for creators. But then you can't just use social media alone to take your business to the level that it can be. Um, email is great for building deeper connections with your audience, giving exclusive content, and ultimately making a living doing what you're doing. Yeah, I think this is like one of the most common questions. Like when I first started at ConvertKit and I would sometimes help in the chat on webinars, that was one of the questions that I think I that I think I mentioned this before that I've seen the most though was like, how do I how do I get subscribers? That was the number one question. And I wish I had had this flywheel example back then, two and a half years ago, because it would have been so helpful. And I was always, I had it in my mind, like it's pieces of everything. Like you have to have a little bit of everything. Um, but I never really knew how to formulate, you know, the right words in this way. So it's, it's kind of fun now to like look back and think, 
I knew that I wanted to talk about this and like here we are talking about it on the podcast. But um, I think it's also really cool because or like social media can be really cool because when you think about how many different kinds of people like artists, musicians, authors, like it's a shared space. Like you don't have to be any kind of one one sort of niche or business to be able to like utilize it. And for the most part, all of these platforms uh, are free. So the opportunity is relatively equal in that way also. Yep, exactly. That's exciting. I love that you are excited about this audience building flywheel. So we'll jump into it uh, with the very first step of the flywheel, which is posting to social media. Um, And that sounds pretty vague. So by that, we mean posting high value content uh, usually the best kind of content is that the content that educates, inspires, or entertains, but in general, whatever you do as a creator, post it to social media. Mm-hmm. So create in public and put it out there on whatever you decide, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, if you're, you know, doing more businessy kind of things, there's, you know, Pinterest, all sorts of places, but posting to social media um, consistently mm-hmm. and really high quality content is what's going to help you be discovered. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes I think when we say like high value content, it kind of, well, at least for me, it sounds tiring. Like, well, like yeah. how, how often do I have to produce that kind of content? But I think people also underestimate like how to repurpose content. And even when you're just starting out, typically there are ways where you can, especially when people aren't seeing like a post every single time, when they're scrolling, scrolling through Instagram, like there are ways that you can repurpose your content and you don't have to think of a new idea or think of an entirely new way to say something. Um, sometimes it's just about helping people understand what you want to help them with. Yes, that's so good. Um, it makes me think of a tweet that Nathan Barry, our CEO, recently had, and it was so interesting. So he sat down and spent like at least an hour, maybe hours, uh, crafting this Twitter thread that was like super high, I would say high value, but it took him a lot of time, took him mm-hmm. a lot of thought and it, it did okay. And then he just like fired off a random tweet of something he was thinking and it like went viral. <laughs> so that just goes to show you that when we say high value, that kind of depends on what your subscribers or followers find value in. It doesn't necessarily mean something that takes hours. It right. could be something that took you five minutes. But I totally agree. I think the goal here is knowing who your ideal audience is, Mm -hmm. knowing what they want, knowing what they'll find valuable, what are their challenges, um, and then posting content around that. Um, Or just, I think in general, creating in public is always helpful. So just putting what you're doing out there, don't create in solitude is always good. Yeah. Awesome. So the next step in the creator flywheel now, or the audience building flywheel, now that you're posting to your social media platforms, post your email signup form on any social media platform you have. Mm-hmm. And don't just post your signup form, but give, so, give your social media followers a reason to sign up to your email list. And this is probably easier than you might think. Um, it depends on what you're doing. But for example, for a musician, say, hey, to be on the pre-sale list for my upcoming tour, give me your email address, you know? Um, or if you are a, I feel like they're on Instagram, you know, a lot of like influencers. Mm-hmm. If you're a certain type of influencer, join my newsletter to get more exclusive content or um, just more like behind the scenes kind of content. There's the, um, you know, the influencer I really like, Olivia Rank. Yes. Love her, followed her forever. 
And she is really good about holding her best like content on the other, like on her blog. And so in order to like, even sometimes it's like harder to find, um, Mm -hmm. like you can't just go like, I think a lot of times if you follow a lot of influencers, you're used to like swipe up or click on this link in my bio and it will take you to like exactly the article of clothing that you want to see or the video that like tutorial you want to see or whatever. And she does a really good job of um, like driving traffic to her blog. Um, And so if you want to, you know, read one of her blog posts, like it's just better for you as a subscriber, like to be a subscriber on her email list. Yeah, exactly. I have a similar person I follow. um, Chris Loves Julia is Mm -hmm. their name. It's like an interior design couple. uh, And they have started what they call their love letter, which Mm -hmm. is sweet. Once a week, I'm on the list. I'm on the list. And they're really good because they'll post on their stories constantly of like their new kitchen remodel and all this stuff. And people will naturally start asking questions like, where did you get that light? Where did you do this? Um, or sometimes they'll just have drama with things like they're the moving company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Wow, you know it. I do. They kind of got scammed by a moving company and everyone yeah. wants the details of that because it was like really intense. Mm-hmm. And they're smart. They'll be like, in the love letter on Sunday, we wrote up a blog post all about the drama with the moving company. You have to be on the newsletter to know about it. Um, or if you want to know the paint colors we used in this mm-hmm. room, sign up for the love letter. So very smart and it's mutually beneficial. Like followers mm-hmm. want that information, so they're going to sign up. But it's helpful to Chris Loves Julia because they, I'm sure, have a massive email list now. Right. So they have another layer of owning their audience. Mm-hmm. It's not just on Instagram and they're borrowing it. I also think from like a creator standpoint, it's probably a lot easier to manage that kind of content through email than it is on social media. I, I yeah. think trying to deal with like links and questions from from followers on social media would be an absolute nightmare because you're having to dig through so much stuff. I I don't know how people do it. I mean, even people I follow say like, I will spend three hours a day just trying to look through my messages and they can't even get through, you know, X amount. So I think it's smart on the creator side too, because you're probably able to manage your time a lot like more easily when that content is in one place. That's a honestly an issue I have a lot of times when I follow people is that I can't find stuff like I can't. And so then inevitably they're creating the problem for themselves as creators because I want something from them and I can't find it. And so then they have all these people reaching out and asking them and it's almost like they're overwhelmed, but like they've kind of created that issue for themselves. So I think it's super smart to what Chris Loves Julia did and to mm-hmm. have the sign up form tell people where to get the information. It will make everybody's lives a little easier. Yep, exactly. So to some of that step, the second step of the flywheel is tell your social media followers to sign up for your email list, but don't just say sign up for our email list. Tell them exactly what they're going to get, mm-hmm. why they should do it. Um, there should be sort of an incentive there. And then the next step obviously is to send an email. So send an email to that list that you're growing. That can be through, you know, an automated welcome sequence. Mm-hmm. You can start a newsletter, send them weekly emails. Um, but the key here is what we've talked about through all of our episodes. Um, send consistently high quality content to your list that meets the need that you just told them you were going to meet. People tend to lose interest in things that they forget about. And I think That is what I've noticed on social media Um, and also related to email, what they kind of share is when you take a break, 
people get confused and people like consistency. Even if you have to, like I said, repurpose your content in some way or ask questions to get ideas for more content, it's better to send something. I mean, obviously, if you like have nothing to say, maybe don't send nothing. But um, I feel like there's a lot of ways to brainstorm how you can engage with people, even if it feels a little uncomfortable, like even if you're not ready, even if you feel unprepared. Like I think honesty, especially these days, is something that like people want to be a part of the conversation. Yep. I totally agree. And I think some people feel a lot of heaviness around sending an email. It feels mm-hmm. a little scary. I mean, I even get that too sometimes when I send an email to our email list. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm about to click send. You know? Yeah. But if we can remove that as creators, mm-hmm. think about all the emails that are in your inbox. Like it's really not a big deal. You know, double check things, obviously. Right. Send yourself a test and all that. But don't be afraid. Don't mm-hmm. hype it up too much in your head. You can send an email that isn't, you know, groundbreaking but it's still useful to the people who signed up to right. be there. Um, again, think about what kind of challenges you can help with, or even if it's just as simple, like here are my five favorite things this week. Like, yeah, I love I this love product. Those. I love this article. Mm-hmm. Me too. It's kind of nice. Um, I love this song, love this thing on Netflix, whatever it is. Obviously you can get creative and figure out what that means for you, right. what your email strategy is going to be. But It is important to consistently send emails to your subscribers. A good way to think about it too could be um, the world is overwhelming as it is. There's a lot of information about out in the world. Um, Sometimes as a consumer, uh, it can take a lot of energy and effort. So you are really like synthesizing information and breaking it down for people, obviously, depending on what your business is or what what kind of information you're putting out for people. But like you said, I think that's a great point to the um, like, what are your top five favorite things this week? Like I find those kinds of emails so helpful because I don't have time to like sift through tons and tons of information to like always pick something on my own, which I know kind of sounds a little bit sad. I love hearing other people's points of views. And like, I think it's a really great way to, yeah, like start up a conversation with your followers. Yeah, totally agree. Cool. And then the last step of the flywheel, although since this is a flywheel, you got to keep going around the wheel Mm -hmm. and doing all this all over. But the last step here is to, after you've sent an email, tell social media about your recent email. Mm -hmm. And that's like one thing we just mentioned with Chris Loves Julia. They don't just send their newsletter, their love letter, and that's it. After they send their love letter, they go on Instagram Mm -hmm. and they say, hey, a lot of you have been asking about, you know, what paint color we decided to use in the living room. We just posted our love letter and we talk all about that. And we also talk about, you know, this other thing that you've all been asking about. (laughs) Go sign up here. It's so good. It's such a good example. It works every time. Yeah. Yeah. So make sure you don't just send an email to your list because then it, the people on your list know, but there's a bunch of other people out there who probably want to be on your list. Mm -hmm. So let them know what they're missing out on. Tell them what you just sent. Tell them how great it was. If you had anyone reply to the message and say like, oh my gosh, this was so helpful. Screenshot that put right it on your you know, social media and say, ah, I love that you all are loving the recent email that I just sent. Are you, you know, do you want to be on the list? Here you go. I also think it would be easy to look at this and feel very like mechanical about it. But I think something to keep in mind um, is that the reason it is a flywheel is that it's a natural flow. Like maybe not to overthink it too much and yeah. realize that when you, like you were saying too earlier, like when you start, it could feel a little bit disconnected. But as you continue on, eventually it will get 
a little faster, a little easier. And then I think it will be easier to see the um, the connections between For sure. each part of this flywheel so that you're able to like adjust and make changes as you go. And it won't feel scary to do that. Exactly. And I mean, in the example we keep talking about with Chris and Julia, they're so far along in that flywheel mm-hmm. that it feels natural to everyone following them. Exactly. It probably feels natural to them. Like it's just what they do and it works mm-hmm. so well. And everyone following enjoys it and wants to hear what they have to say. And they're giving their subscribers what they want. Yeah. And they're also getting growing this huge audience. So they're kind of far down on that flywheel um, timeline. But like you were saying, I think that's so important at the beginning when you have one person on your list or you have five Instagram followers or whatever it may be, is it might feel a little clunky mm-hmm. and scary to be like, okay, I'm going to send an email to one person um, and then I'm going to go tell social media about it. But again, it's all about taking those little steps, even when it's hard, pushing through, being consistent. And then you're going to have 10 people on your email list and 20 and 50 and then a thousand. Like mm-hmm. it'll just get bigger and bigger and grow itself um, if you keep doing these steps. Yeah. Awesome. So I hope that was helpful. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a really like fun thing to talk about because we I feel like we see it every day um, and being able to put it in like a, a visual is nice. Yeah. So just to summarize the four steps, again, you can find this on our blog, convertkit.com slash blog or uh, convertkit.com slash deliverability if you click on the episode there or on our Instagram, deliverability defined. Um, but just to highlight those four steps. It's number one, post your social media, wherever that may be. Number two, get your social media followers to sign up to your email list. Three, send an email. Four, tell your social media about that email you just sent with another link to sign up. And then it's back to the beginning, post social media, all that. So let us know how that works for you. If you do that flywheel, or if you've already been doing Mm -hmm. that, a lot of people have, and it's working for you, or if there's something else you would add to this, We would love to hear it. Let us know. Yeah, it'd be fun to know like where you feel like you're at in the process. For sure. Cool. Okay, I hope everybody has a great week. We will see you next time. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Deliverability Defined. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have time, please leave us a review. You can find a resource guide for today's show at convertkit.com slash deliverability, where we outline all of the information you need to know from today's episode. If you have a question or topic you want us to cover, let us know within the ConvertKit community or at convertkit.com slash deliverability. We'll see you next week.